Blog Talk Radio. Hi, happy Mother's Day to those of you out there joining us with kids or pets that are call you mom. Thank you for joining us. This is Dana. I'm the founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Maladnitz of GratefulGarden.biz. And this is episode number 12 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. We are also known as the Dynamic Duo. No, Dana and Tiffany, (laughs) bringing you the voices of thyroid advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid thrivers everywhere. In just a few short minutes, we're going to be talking live with Michelle Corey. I'm so excited, and I know you are too, Dana, the author of The Thyroid Cure the functional mind-body approach to reversing your autoimmune condition and reclaiming your health. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know, I can't wait. Just a few things real quick before we get started. If you tuned in last week, hope you did. You heard us chatting with the fabulous Dr. Murray Buzz Susser, founder of murraysussermd.com. He was wonderful, former fighter pilot and Dr. Extraordinaire. So if you missed Dr. it, make sure to listen to it in the archives. He was really cool. He uh, he was a wealth of knowledge. He had tons of things to talk about. He talked about Lyme's and Hashimoto's and iodine. It was really a great, great show. So if you missed it, check out thyroidnation.com slash radio. It's at the top right of the page. You can't miss it, and you'll go down, and there's the archives. Plus, there's also a, a list of all the upcoming People we have on the show, all the guests coming up. Next week is Susie Cohen. After that, we have Mary Showman, who's going to be joining us live, too. So it's a really, really great page to check out and see what's coming up. So what else do we got, Miss Ma'am? We have an awesome lineup. And, of course, we want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to our Thyroid Nation radio team. Just amazing, amazing women that have... So much to offer the thyroid community. Raina Kranz, Laura Schooneman, Melissa Phipps, Blythe Clifford, Penny Jensen, Sarah Downing, and Marissa Ravello. Uh, we're missing a few of them today in our in our side uh, show there on the helping us with questions and all the amazing things that they help us do behind the scenes. But please make sure to check out their bios, their thriver stories, their Facebook support groups, the blogs and websites at thyroidnation.com radio. All right, Dana, it looks like she is with us, so let's get this Thyroid Nation thriving. All right, today our guest is the wonderful, fabulous Michelle Corey. I've never talked to her live, so I'm very excited. (laughs) Author of The Thyroid Cure, the functional mind-body approach to reversing your autoimmune condition and reclaiming your health. Hi. Good morning. Good good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. We can How hear you, you loud and clear. Oh, great. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you guys today. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So what's in your plans for today? Well, I now, don't... well, this was my plan for today. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I and I don't have children, so um, I'll be um, gardening, I'm sure, after after this. <laughs> any, any furry babies at home, Michelle? Or, yeah, furry babies. Yes, I do. I have Yoki, the magical papillon. He's he's here with me, and he's my baby. So, <laughs> so see, Yoki, the counts. magical papillon. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to have to have a head 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 head
I was trying to picture in my head what a papillon looks like. But he's really cute. He's um he's small. They're about he's about six pounds. He's really furry, and he's got the big ears. You know, it papillon. He's actually a French spaniel, but they changed the name hundred years back to papillon because the ears look like a butterfly. So. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I have to. It's like a I have Chihuahua. to Google that real quick. A long hair <laughs> and really big ears. <laughs> really well, we're gonna need a picture. That's all. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, gosh. that okay. is so cute. <laughs> Grab your that phone and take a picture. we got to have it. Okay, I can certainly do on. that. I don't yes, know how I'm going to send that. it to you, but um, <laughs> I can. Just email know. it to me. Yes, I will, for Those sure. Those ears look like a butterfly. Yes, that's what they that call it. A, yeah. Very cute. <laughs> and six pounds, so he's like uh, he or she. It's a he. It's a he. He so is cute. smaller <gasps> than a chihuahua? Um, I don't. I don't really know. I guess they're. Um, well, he looks bigger because he's got a bunch of fur. So so much hair. Yeah. <laughs> really oh my so gosh! For everybody listening, it. you have got to Google a Papillon right now. It's P A P I L L O N, and that is the cutest dog I think I have ever seen. And I have a Chihuahua, Me and this just too. looks like a Chihuahua with a ton of fur. <laughs> it's so cool looking. <laughs> Yeah, they're and they're really cute. Like he's always listening to you when he like right. Him, and the of his ears is so cute. Well, we're oh, obviously yeah. pet lovers, so you right, know. Yeah. Tiffany, has, <laughs> Tiffany has chickens, and what else do you got over there? Dogs and goats. Oh, and good all God! Kinds Who of... knows? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have well, happy Mother's Day to you both. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You. And happy Thank Mama's you. Day it's to weird. you too. You're a furry mama. I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though, because I was telling Tiffany earlier, when we first moved to Costa Rica, Michelle, we didn't celebrate. I mean, we celebrated uh, Mother's Day, the American Mother's Day, you know, USA. But then they also have Mother's Day or the Costa Rica Mother's Day is in August. So for a while there, I got two Mother's Days. It was kind of cool, oh, right? Oh, good. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we started going, okay, well, that doesn't really work. So then we... Um, just started celebrating the Costa Rican one because we stayed for, you know, we're almost going on seven years now, so we kind of feel like we need to kind of celebrate theirs. And it's very right. cool, except for I forgot today was Mother's Day until I know. posted. <laughs> because I was yeah. like, oh, right? Yeah. So I need to call my mom. And yeah, exactly. Don't forget to call your mom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, and she said, uh, Michelle, she said it entirely closes down. Now, wouldn't we love that? Everything yes. is closed on Mother's Day. It's yeah. kind of like you better find your mama or you're not going right. to have anything to do down here. That's, right. <laughs> That's cute. Exactly. It's a national holiday. Everything's shut down. No school, no nothing. It is like wow. celebrate your mom. That's amazing. I, know, right? I love that. I know. It's very cool. Very, very cool. And I have to tell you this as a side note. Before we get started, because we want to talk to Michelle about all her fabulous things she has to tell us. But as a side note, the first or second year we were here, we had some guys walk around. And, you know, this is, you know, this is Central America, so it's a little different living. It's very, very simple. And we had some guys walk around and tap on the gate and say, you know, would you like to, in Spanish, of course, we have to figure it out, join us at this uh, Mother's Day party we're celebrating you know and it's going to be like in two or three weeks and it costs six dollars and here's your ticket and so i go and it's just our local barrio our local little neighborhood each has their own little um little center that they do things at 
And and it was all the husbands from the barrio, and they put on a show, and they worked the door, and they were servers, and they cooked the food, and they were the band, and they did this three-hour party for the mom. That's so wonderful. That is cool. Isn't that's that sweet. neat? I that's mean, very I was neat. in awe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in do, you have, awe. do you have kids? So, yeah, I do. I do. I have I four. Do. I have a 13. Wow. I have a 13 and a 10. Wow. So you brought them, obviously. And yeah. Oh, yes, we did. We brought uh-huh. them. So. Well, we were going to leave them at home, but then I figured, okay, you can come. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. <laughs> So, um, Tiffany, do you, where do you live? Do you live in Costa Rica, too? No, no. I live um, just right outside of Joshua Tree, California. Have you ever been oh, to wow. the, the monument in Joshua Tree? Mm-hmm. I, so I, I live out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I've gone climbing and camping there many, many, many times. So. Well, very cool. Well, you're going to have to call me the next time you're out there. It's, it's an amazing park. <laughs> Yes, I would hope that I, you would. Yeah, it's an amazing. Yes, absolutely. We'll get together and uh, maybe do some climbing. It's wonderful. I would, I would <laughs> love that. You can help me get over my fear of heights. I, I love um, hiking. I mean, I'm an avid hiker and, you know, uh, backpacker yeah. and camper. But I have never done, I've had so many people tell me, Tiffany, let's go climbing, you know, with the ropes and everything. I'm like, you're nuts. There is no right. way. I don't care what you have attached me to. Right. I'm not going to do it, you know. Right. And so it's kind of a it's kind of a big challenge up here that you know because I love Joshua Tree so much and that park is so it's just amazing doesn't describe it. But uh, oh, I know it's and it's gorgeous. a great rock climbing place. So I always you know as I'm hiking through there with my kids, I look at these people, you know, that are halfway attached up this enormous boulder. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, that is nuts! Like if I turned around and looked down, I would pass out. I'd be like, they'd be oh. like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is something you either really, I, I would suggest having a true desire to do it because otherwise um, it can be, you know, it can be frightening and and actually downright mis- miserable if you don't like that kind of thing. <laughs> but right. you Have know. you done it a long time? You could start bouldering, you know, start on a little thing and you might really find that you'd enjoy it. So, And go with some, if you go when with I, someone who's really experienced who can, you know, lead climb and, you know, and they know what they're doing. You can attach to them and, you know, you're fine. You're not going to fall down. So oh, there's so <laughs> many great guides out here, too. I mean, it's, um, you know, just it's like the land of guides. Oh, it's just, a mecca uh, for guides, yes. <laughs> it, totally, yeah. I mean, so I have all these uh, customers and clients and friends and, you know, that are try- I'm like, I don't know, you know. I mean, I get to the, you know, even just hiking <laughs> to the top of the uh-huh. boulder, and I could barely look over the side. You know, I'm like, okay, that's oh. close enough. And I'm like 15 feet from the side. <laughs> I'm such a chick, no, I understand. it's really bad. <laughs> I understand. It's something you definitely get used to. So, I'm gonna, to I'm, Next time too. I go hiking out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture and tag you in it. And for everybody, it's the Joshua Tree that. National Park. It's yeah, crazy. It seems like we're out here in the middle of nowhere, but there's just, there is so much awesomeness out here. Um, I had a lady yesterday at the farmer's market that said, it was her first time visiting Joshua Tree, and she said, it's just, I've never been here, and this is just 
I mean, she was in awe, and I said, well, that yeah. just means you got to keep coming back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's so a beautiful I know place that Dana and I are so excited to talk to you and hear about healing the autoimmune process and methylation, and there is so much that we want to try to pack into this time frame. Um, so can you start us out and tell us a little bit about your story, because I know that is really the the forefront and the root for what you do. So tell tell us about your story, Michelle. Yeah, well, I'll try to to make it fast. Um, in well, I was um, first diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Also had lupus at the time, um, back in 2004, and I was running a small advertising agency um, for doctors, plastic surgeons, and cosmetic dentists, and. Um, I was in a marriage that I was in a very unhappy marriage. I was working a lot. I wasn't happy in life in general, you know. And I'd been stressed out for many years. <laughs> I mean, really stressed out. And um, you know, one day I was just—it seemed like I gained about 40 pounds in two months. You know, my face blew up, and I was puffy, and it just—you know—like I just hit a wall. So um, I'll make—I'll just make it quick. I went to an integrative physician. In, um, up in North California, and he took one look at me and he said, "We got to test." You know, he said, "He said, well, what do you think is wrong with you?" And I said, "Well, I think I probably have candida, and I don't know what else." And he said, "Well, let's check for that, and let's also check your thyroid too." So, um, like two, two weeks later, we get the results, and I had positive ANAs. I had screaming Hashimoto's, <laughs> and he. You know, and I didn't really know the implications of that. You know, I said, well, what does it actually mean? And he said, well, your immune system is going to eventually destroy your thyroid gland. And I said, well, <laughs> is there anything we can do to stop it? And he said, no. He said, and I said, well, what do you mean no? And he, and he said, well, we can give you some Synthroid, but, you know, the eventuality is you will you'll continue to have this inflammation in your thyroid gland and it'll just, your immune system will continue to destroy it. So that um, <laughs> didn't sit well with me at all. And he said, um, but he said, what, he asked me a question. He said, why do you think you've got this disease? And, of course, I was paying him, I don't know, back then, $350 an hour. I was a little bit aggravated that he was asking me why I got, why do I think I got this? I don't know. You're the doctor, right? Um, but it stuck <laughs> with me. <laughs> that question really stuck with me. He must have known on some in- intuitive level that I would have, gone with that you know so I, I tried the, the Synthroid and you know over the first two months my hair continued to fall out my almost had no eyebrows left I had skin rashes I had night sweats and you know <laughs> my OBGYN was like well you're going through perimenopause and I'm 37 <laughs> like perimenopause wow. you know and I had a, a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome so here I was you know polycystic ovarian syndrome early menopause but you know perimenopause Hashimoto's um, lupus, which I didn't know that I had at the time, and I was having fevers and night sweats and swollen joints, and um, I was, you know, I'm like, but well, how does this happen? You know, how in the hell did this happen? And that the doctor's question kept sticking in my mind: How do you think you got this disease? Hmm. So um, after about two or three months of just being miserable on Synthroid, I decided to take a weekend retreat alone and go inward. You know, I, I rented a little hotel room. I got a journal out, and I just started journaling 
about everything that could possibly be contributing to my condition and how I had, you know, wound up with all of these, you know, diagnoses <laughs> at such a mm-hmm. young age, you know. And I realized that everything in my life was basically a mess. You know, I wasn't happy in my marriage. I wasn't happy in my vocation. I, I had, you know, stuff that I was I was carrying around kind of a victim mentality <laughs> of mm-hmm. poor me, why me. I, I, I you know, the, the short Powerless. story is I... Pardon? Powerless. Yeah, totally, and I and, yeah. and I had felt this like, why me? You know, like why did you know I was an abused child, and now I have a crappy life, and that was the dialogue. You know, it was like everybody else's life is good, and mine sucks. You know, and how why did I get he- de- dealt this this you know this deck of cards? And I was basically running a total victim tape. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, when I sat there alone in the room journaling, I realized, oh my god, I've done this you know like I've created this you know I I didn't have a choice when I was a child but this is you know basically recreating um you know negative situations from my past and expecting that to work out and I had this is you're talking to somebody who had already gone through 15 years of therapy you know so it was still just this feeling of like uh like yeah powerless victim so anyway um I I I had like an aha moment it was like oh you know, the clouds opened up, and it was like, da-da, you know. And I realized I was the one who was in charge, you know, and that if I was going to mm-hmm. get better, I was going to have to take charge of my life. And so I, I quit my I, – well, I basically sold my business. I got a divorce. <laughs> and, um, you know, over the course of a year and a half, I moved to the mountains of New Mexico, and my intention was to find out how to heal, you know. And I – and um you know, I'd seen a lot of specialists, a lot of doctors, and um, they had all said the same thing. Well, you know, you have an autoimmune condition, and we don't know the cause, and there is no cure. So, uh, and most of the physicians would say, "Well, your symptoms you know aren't warranted." Ma- Go ahead. Michelle, I've got to stop you for a second because yeah, you said something that is so important. We don't know the cause, but mm-hmm. there is no cure. That floors me. So you have yeah. no idea right. what the cause is, but you're telling me there's no cure. How is that? That is such which makes a no sense. <laughs> antithesis. You see what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, we no, don't know I do. what causes it, but there's no cure. Well, if you don't know what causes it, how are you so sure there's no cure? So I just had to point that out because Thank that for you. me was a <laughs> profound statement. So keep going. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that um, actually because it's still being told to people today. You know, and this is still. You know whether whether you have a diagnosis of Hashimoto's, Graves' disease, lupus, scleroderma, multiple sclerosis, there is no cure, right? And and science science have said, well, we can identify some of the triggers, but we can't cure this disease. So um, so there's there's still I mean this is the dominant um, paradigm that's in even integrative medicine. So we're still we still have that attitude from physicians that you can't do anything really about it. Um, that lifestyle well, you know, adjustment the, the, the truth is, the truth is, your physician can't do anything for the most part <laughs> right. about autoimmune. <laughs> exactly. It entirely falls in the hands of the patient. Can we get an yeah. amen out there? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm no, just amen. Kidding, but it's so yes, true. Amen. No, amen. Right? It's That's very why true. it's so important. That's why it's so mm-hmm. important for for us to know when they say, "Well, it's really not that important to test your, you know, TPO or TPAG or whatever." 
because it's really irrelevant. Well, it may be irrelevant to you as a physician that can't give me a pill to fix that, but it is really relevant to me as the patient because then I can gauge what I'm doing or not doing that's that's helping that. So that's really so important. Yeah, Um, thanks so much for for putting that experience. (laughs) No, you're right, they can't, and that's... And and so in a, in a lot of ways they are powerless to this, you know. And you know, you know, I, I talk with a lot of um, functional and integrative medical physicians who are really doing a lot of great work. I talk to a lot of rheumatologists, endocrinologists, and immunologists who are conventionally trained. And you know, the consensus now, after my book's been out just a little, just about a year now, and hundreds of medical doctors from all from the full spectrum have that have my book and. And the consensus, the general consensus is, yeah, but this really takes an empowered person. You know, I had one physician tell me, no one's going to do this. I mean, no one's going to dig this deep and try to find the cause. Um, No one's going to make these lifestyle changes. And I said, well, I think some people will, you know. (laughs) And, um, and, And I can't fault somebody who has been in practice for 30 years who has never really been able to witness somebody transform their life uh, or, you know, I mean, most people bring their body into the doctor like they do their car, you know, they they take their car into the mechanic, here, it's broken, fix it, you know, and and most most people, you know, are are kind of entrained to, well, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm sick, I'm going to go take something, the doctor's going to fix me, right? And that's, that's not, that's, you can't reverse it on, you can't reverse a chronic condition with that attitude that you're just going to take a pill because there is no pill for the chronic condition. You know, the, the, well, the cure think, is within each and every one of right. us, you know. I think, too, you know, um, we put so much of our, you know, so much on our physicians, and I, I, I'm sure everyone's going to, you know, manufacture a voodoo doll of me today, but we put so much on <laughs> no, our physicians. <laughs> but, you know, really when you look at the paradigm of traditional uh, medical education. They're trained for acute medical situations. They are not trained yeah. in chronic illness. I mean, really, no. this is something that has shifted within the last, you know, in medical school, maybe within the last 20 years, and still hasn't shifted well enough, to be honest, you know, but they still have such a small portion of their training, unless they, you know, unless that's something that's really. Uh, something that they want to know, but such a small portion of medical school is even nutrition. So they really don't understand. I mean, I think doctors now are just, you know, wrapping their head around it a little bit more than normal, but they really don't understand the relationship between nutrition and health and wellness. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous. (laughs) It does. Yeah, it does. It's true. And again, it's not their fault, you know. I mean, these curriculums are... And the standard of care is is really designed by, well, largely <laughs> by private right. agendas, you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, when you think about it, we're in, we're you know, not to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but there is there there are a lot of um, you know the billions and billion dollar corporations that really don't want people to become empowered, you know. So they they want they want you to be. Um, well, I remember a um, a quote from the movie. Um, Escape Fire, which is a movie about our current healthcare system, and um, one of the, which was a medical journalist, she said that our current medical system wants you. They don't want you to die. Um, they just, they just want you to be sick enough to take the medications. You know, they just, but they don't want to kill you. They just want to keep you barely alive. <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, my God, that's so, you know, it really is kind of what, um, from a corporate, you know, agenda, there is no idea of let's create um, organic wellness. It's let's right. keep you on our drugs, you know. Because so, it's, a, it's, a, it's like Dr. Susser, you know, Dr. Susser brought that up last week, you know, how there's really, uh, you know, a, a lot of limitations. When you become an MD, a lot of people don't realize that you have guidelines that you have to stay within these parameters. And the ones that go outside of those guidelines can really get in quite a bit of trouble. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you have Definitely. some that get away with it a little bit better than others. But really, um, they can get in quite a bit of trouble for recommending natural remedies or going outside of what is protocol for a specific condition. And I I hope, you know, um, I'm kind of an idealist in that respect, that I hope that, you know, the future of medicine is going to change. But in order for it to change, we as patients have to demand politely, um, you know, a, a different standard of care. And I think we're doing that. I mean, I think especially in the thyroid community, we see a lot of that where, you know, you see it in these forums, you know, yeah. hundreds of times a day where people say, I, you know, I was able to get my doctor to test this and I was able to get him to allow me to trial this or, you know, uh, yet there still is a lot that falls on the physician to fix me. Where like you're yeah. saying, a lot of the healing comes from, you know, um, it's a personal uh, responsibility, and um, you know that is is paramount. I think, especially in an autoimmune condition, because there's really not a lot that your physician can tell you. He can't. He doesn't know when you're inflamed or have these responses. You know, they spend what 15 minutes with us. <laughs> right. You know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Your numbers are good. Okay. See you in three months or see you in six months. Not you know mm-hmm. all the emotional aspects of it. Right, well, so and I, what I tell individuals is because about that. Yeah, go. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you. <laughs> I was just going to say, and while we're kind of on that, let, I, I want to know what, what your functional mind-body approach is. You know, it kind of plays into what we're talking about, you know. Yeah, well, the functional mind-body approach that I introduced in the book is um, basically blends the sciences of psychology and traditional mind-body healing along with functional medicine and, and even conventional medicine. So it's a blend of, every, of, of these types of healing modalities and includes an empowerment piece, which is so, it's so key for healing. You know, um, just like we've been talking about, physicians, even the most skilled integrative or functional medical doctor cannot re- do anything to help you reverse your your chronic illness, period. I mean, you have to be the one that does it. It has to come from this desire inside to heal. And then um, uh, you need to, you know, make some lifestyle changes because, you know, if, you, if, you've, if you've arrived at a place in your life where <clears throat> you have a few diagnoses of, uh, you know, autoimmune, thyroid disease or whatever it might be, this is a lifetime of accumulation of factors that have led to this. You know, you, you've created this life, and not in a new agey way of you're creating your reality, but you have participated <laughs> in, right, but you participated in a, in a life that has wound up where you are, right? You're not a victim of this. This was you participating, and this is how, how it showed up. So, right. you know, the what I introduce in the book really is I go over 
what the triggers are for autoimmunity. And it, it turns out that the triggers for autoimmunity are the same triggers for cancer, the tr- same triggers for heart disease. You know, they're all the same. We all, we're, you know, genetically, you know, we're all, we're, we're, we're the same, but many, but we have, di- we have different strengths and weaknesses, right? So after years of chronic stress, um, unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, poor nutrition, toxin exposures, infections, everyone, you know, is going to look a little different. Some people will wind up with cancer. Some people will wind up with heart disease. Well, people like me, you know, are genetically more inclined to autoimmunity. So, you know, I, I detail in the book all of the potential triggers. And then I help individuals go through a process of uncovering their own splinters, like I call them in the book, mm-hmm. to try to determine, you know, what, what might be, you know, taking the most toll on their health. Because we don't, I mean, you could have 10 people with a diagnosis of lupus or Hashimoto's, and you're going to have 10 very different circumstances and life stories, right? So not everybody right. has the same triggers, but I detail pretty much all of them. It's a very big book. <laughs> it's 500 pages, and there's a lot of information in there because I wanted individuals to be able, I didn't want to leave anything out, you know. Right. And um, and it, the, the functional part is functional medical testing. We do have that, and that is very helpful, especially when people have you know, they kind of have an idea, okay, I think my triggers might be that I might have a leaky gut or I think that I might have a methylation problem or I think I'm, which most people don't think that, but if you're reading on the Internet, you probably think that. And, yeah. um, you know, or I think I, I have an exposure to toxins. Well, traditionally trained physicians are very limited as far as the types of testing that they have available to them within, you know, mm-hmm. the standard conventional model. Um Functional testing, which has been around, you know, for 25 years or more, is um, it's more sensitive test. They can look at exactly what's going on in the gut. They can do hair testing or they can do challenge um, heavy metal testing. They can test for toxins. There's, there's just a, there's a big array of tests that can help your physician pinpoint more precisely exactly what's going on with you biochemically. And that, I, I feel, is um, is a great advantage, to take advantage of the functional testing instead of guessing. Because, you know, as you probably know, um, for years there have been you know, a lot of wonderful integrative physicians who are treating people with what they think might be going on, right? So <laughs> it's like, well, I think this is it, you know, but they're not testing, right. so how would they really know, you know? And you can have an idea, you know, maybe, you know, you have somebody come in with digestive problems and they've got this diagnosis of lupus and they have rashes and then the person could say, well, I think maybe you have a fungus. But you don't know until you test, you know. Right. So I always tell people, just don't guess anymore and don't waste your money and time on treatments that are not specifically targeted to your needs, you know. There's, I know so many people who... <laughs> Because I, you know, well, I work with individuals who come who come in with shopping bags worth of thousands of dollars of supplements that were been given to them by different providers, you know, on, all based on assumptions. Like, well, we think you might have that, so take this for this and this for this, and you know, <laughs> they've never had a single test. So um, that's where the fun. And so many people so. end up doing that, and they end up doubling mm-hmm. up on things and and putting themselves in jeopardy. I mean, it's it's craziness. It's it's, no, it's it is crazy. Craziness. Anyone who's ever seen it, it's craziness. You're like, what? <laughs> no, yeah, it, and it is. And, and 
you know, it's been a topic that's come up recently, too, is, um, you know, it's very common when you don't feel well, and especially when you have a, a diagnosis of something like Hashimoto's. There is a lot of emotional symptoms. You're, you know, you're, you can't think straight. You're typically, typically people who are in the throes of a Hashimoto's, you know, um, flare-up are very confused, they're very anxious, they're not sleeping well, they um, have, you know, they can't think clearly, and they're basically just like running around like a chicken with their head cut off, you know, and they Mm -hmm. run, and what I see a lot of is going to a practitioner for one thing and then sticking, you know, buying a bunch of supplements, doing a couple of treatments, and then two weeks later, like, it's not working, and then they run to somebody else, and then they run to somebody else, and it's kind of like this hopping back and forth, and and say, well, it didn't work. It didn't work, or it's not working. It's like there. The, it, it, we tell individuals, it's best if you can try to slow down, <laughs> sit right. down for a minute. You know, just calm everything down. Don't don't you know do the shotgun approach and just register, um, right? I mean, just yes. even take a minute and and register. You know, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Just um, you know, take a minute to to I you know to go inward, really get clear. And then work from that place. And you know, um, if you can, if you if you have a book like mine as a resource, it's wonderful because you can do so much on your own. You know, a lot of the exercises in the book are designed to help an individual become super clear about what might be going on for them personally, whether it's emotional splinters or toxins or a leaky gut or whatever. It also has a nutrition program. So there's a lot that an individual can do on their own to begin with. And do you a, like, in a, your Go ahead, Michelle, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Do you in your book uh recommend, you know, your favorite labs and and certain testing if you think I it's do. a specific thing or Yeah, I do. So I have I have a chapter 13 is what to do first if you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's or Graves or and really you can fill in the blank autoimmune condition. Um but exactly the protocol, you know, it's <clears throat> first go with your doctor and try to get your TSH um, suppressed because we see a lot of times that suppressing TSH, <clears throat> basically turning off your thyroid gland, also turns down antibodies. And it's um, and a lot of people feel really good right away. They'll just say, so work with your physician to do that. And then um, I, di- I just, across the board to everybody, say, do an elimination diet, please. You're going to do yourself the most, the biggest favor of your life. There isn't an allergy test out there that can match the results of a, of a sensitivity discovery program like mine, like what I call it. And it's, this is nothing new. It's been around since the early 1900s. You basically take all of the potential allergic foods out, and you're just going to be eating low hypoallergenic foods for a couple of weeks. Then you start to add foods back in, and you track how you feel with these particular foods, you know, and it's very empowering because, you know, a lot of people who come to me, they'll say, I don't know, I, I don't know what I'm reacting to, you know, while well, they're taking a, they have a shopping bag full of supplements with who knows how many different constituents right. in there, eating a diet full of who knows what. Too many what. factors. You yeah. Yeah, you have no idea. And if you have a leaky gut, a lot of this stuff is, you know, getting into the bloodstream, which shouldn't be there anyway, you know. Um, so I tell everybody, you know, t- let's take a load off your digestive system. Let's just take a break. And that takes some takes some planning, especially if you're a mom and you have kids or you're you know, have multiple meals going on. You really do have to take this time to say, I'm gonna do this for myself. I'm going to find out what foods and, you know, substances 
are contributing to my condition. And um, this is basically a couple-week detox. And what I find is that about 70% of individuals will start to feel really great just from this alone. And I've had people who have been able to reverse their chronic conditions just with nutrition completely. But um, there is that other percentage that feels worse (laughs) on a program like this. They start, you know, they can have um, the gastrointestinal symptoms can start popping up. They can have foggy thinking. They could just feel in general lousy. And that's when I suggest, you know, digging a little deeper. So in my book, I say, okay, (laughs) if you've been on the program for 30 days and you're not feeling better, here's what to do next. And it's always a good idea to start with the gut. You know, I mean, that's been kind of what pretty much all functional medicine has been built on for the last 25 years. If you just heal the gut, you've healed, you know, the person 90% of the time. So I suggest looking at um, functional testing, which I list in there, of having a, having a you know, comprehensive stool analysis done, working with um, a qualified provider who can help you interpret the test and then go on a GI healing program, which will which always includes staying on the healing diet that you've started out on, you know, and make, and doing the, the little tweaks because everyone's different. And then, you know, <laughs> uh, sometimes other things pop up. You know, you um, depending on the individual, there could be an infectious splinter. There could be something like a mycoplasma or, um, you know, you name it, there could be Lyme. There could be, you know, there's a lot of different um Infections that can that are very causative in autoimmunity. So it's important that if you if you're doing the um, you've done the GI healing, you've been on the, the nutrition program, you're still not feeling well, and you have a pretty high infectious history. It's a good idea to test for those. You know, because many, many right. times these these infections can be treated, and um, you know, that's a Everyone's so different, so you know it's. But it's just important to to look at the infectious load, and then there's the toxins, you know. Um, and every, again, everyone's different. You know, there's some people who come to me who who have had huge toxic exposures, and they're living in a toxic environment. Maybe they have mold, mm-hmm. or maybe they are a dentist, and they do a lot of work removing silver amalgam fillings, and their mercury's off the charts. You know, I have a lot of clients. Because um, I used to work in dentistry, I have a lot of um, clients who are dental professionals with and with mercury being the big, big trigger. You know, um, so and, interesting and, for and, them. What about what about? Let me let me let me throw in something really quick here. What about you know um, something as simple as what if what if you're a nail technician? Yeah, that's a big oh, one. You know, my mom was. Or a hair salon. Or how about a hair Oh, yeah. Kitchen? No, no, no. It's Good. huge. <laughs> it's huge. And a lot of my mom used to do, um, she used to do nails, you know, way back in the 80s, you know, when everybody had long nails and everything. And um, she had a very high toxic exposure to um, not acetone and also acrylic. And she doesn't have the ability to clear acrylics. You know, so she she has an impaired um, liver situation. Not not it's just that she personally, her genetically can't clear this stuff. You know, she needs more help. And so you know, you could be somebody who's working in an environment like a dental office, um, where there's also a lot of exposure to 
I don't know, there's a million different things in a dental office um, from not and not so much in the states they're you know they're really kind of moving away from mercury but there's a there's everyone's removing their mercury you know so you've got right. you know you've, you've got individuals who are in a compromised area or you have somebody who's working in a hair salon i have individuals who to work with hair dye and they don't wear gloves you know and or and not not i mean that's just one factor what right. about all of the shampoos that are filled with all the toxins all day long their hands are just soaking their skin is being is absorbing all the parabens and all of the nasty things and those fancy, you know, hair products. That, that and we're not, you know, we're not even we're not even void from that in the house, you know, from our right. cleansers. Right. And, you know, so you take it. It's not like when you come home, you're scot free. You know. <laughs> right, which is what I ta- which is then, you know, um, it's a good idea to always. Start with the nutrition program. Start with healing the gut, and then start to look at the areas in your life that are um, that where you can where you do have control. You know, we don't have control over the over our our, our environments as far as the air we breathe outside. You know, but we do have control over the products that we use. You know, and one thing I think is important to mention for thyroid Hashimoto sufferers is, you know, please. Don't spray your thyroid with perfume, especially <laughs> you have no idea what is in that stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, unless it's essential oils, um, and even then I would really be cautious, um, you you're, you basically are taking a ton of chemicals and spraying it right on an inflamed organ. Please don't do that. So just stop, <laughs> you know. And um, more essential oils, Michelle. I love that. I'm I love just going to throw just, that in there. <laughs> well, people forget about that. that you, know? And, you know, I, I had a, a young client, here. 17, and she's you know a 17 year old with Hashimoto's, right? And she's got her Victoria's Secret perfume, and I had to go to Skin Deep and show her how dangerous this was. And I said, honey, you're spraying it right on your gland. I mean, the right. skin is, the skin absorbs everything, you know, and she, it clicked for her, you know. She was like, oh, my God. You know? And now she's an activist in her home taking all of the, you know, now she's on right. the Environmental Working Group website and Skin Deep, and she's taking everything out of the house. And the, But this is kind of, this we have to Wait, learn hang, hang about on, what's hang, in our environment. Speaking of which, Skin mm-hmm. Deep, have you guys seen, um, I know Dana's heard me talk about it, but have you seen the Skin Deep, the new um, thing app that you can put on your phone, and all you yes. have to do is take a picture of the barcode. Have you seen it, Michelle? Yes, I love it. Oh, Great. that's smoking! I love that. Yeah, I love that. So for all of our listeners, you can download a Skin Deep app. It's free, and you can just take a picture of the barcode. It lines it up. Your Skin Deep app gives you that ability. You can just take a picture of the deodorant or cosmetic or whatever it is. And it will give you a registration of the toxic uh, level and also the ingredients that are in there. It's very, very cool. So, okay, sorry, Michelle. Derail. No, no, back, it's, back it's, on the it's very important. <laughs> it's, because toxins are a huge part of this. You know, what we have to look at is, you know, we needn't be mystified that we're getting sick on this planet. You know, we are just bombarded with chemicals. <clears throat> so, first of all, we're super stressed out. <laughs> We're not eating the right foods, and we're we're bombarded with chemicals. 
you know, and, and, and it shows in these epidemics of chronic illness. It's, it, we are, I mean, just take a look around. People are sick. Animals are sick, you know. Um, I have several clients with animals that have autoimmune disease. So we're, you know, so when you think about the emotional component of that, it is, is, can only go so far. We ha- there is a very right. strong reality here is that we have an argument with Mother Nature, you know, it, we, we have this idea mm-hmm. that we should be able to do whatever we want, eat whatever we want, be exposed to whatever we want, and still be, and still be healthy. <clears throat> and then when we're sick, we're like, oh, well, we must have bad genes. You know, nobody on the planet has bad genes. We've got bad environments. And, and this is what um, I really want to drive home to individuals, especially individuals who are, who are Hashimoto's or autoimmune or cancer runs in the family and and somebody has told you well you're genetically predisposed your 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 genes were never supposed to interact with this much stress and chemicals and toxins it was never supposed to happen right so so that's the reason we're sick and medicine you know now there's evolutionists you know who will say well it's clear you know we we are gen- oh, so even if you're even if you're, you're an, an evolutionist you could say they're saying well we haven't had enough time <laughs> to adapt to these chemicals, to adapt to these lifestyles. Um, there's a wonderful book by Daniel Lieberman, The Story of the Human Body, Evolution, Health, and Disease. It's a wonderful book by a very scientific person who, you know, um, <clears throat> just clearly points out uh, <laughs> we're not living anywhere near what our ancestors lived like, right? And so we're being, we are, we're getting sick with what he has coined as mismatched diseases, our genes being mismatched with our environment. So, so that's the evolutional, evolutionary standpoint. It's kind of like, duh, you know. And, um, right. and yet there's so many who will still, there are so many even physicians and very smart people who will say, well, you know, you must just have bad genes, you know. And it's just I want individuals to understand that, that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just, it's just the environment. So we've got to do the most that we can to clean up our inner environment, which is our thoughts and our feelings, our homes, uh, the food that we eat. Um, and, and as we each make healthier choices, we then help everyone else, right? It, it, it lifts everybody else up, you know. And the more people boycott Glade plug-ins and dryer sheets, you know, that these companies like Procter & Gamble will have to come up with healthier alternatives. We'll have to, you know, and, and that's what... That's where I can see a lot of opportunity for growth is, you know, we're getting sick, and that's a warning sign, and it's also an opportunity for us to become empowered and take our health back and transform it. You know, it's absolutely a... Um, I don't, I don't what, know if you guys have ever seen a King Corn, the movie, which is a great uh, movie, no, by I the haven't. way, for everybody to... Oh, no. you got to run it. But okay. he says they talk to wait, wait, uh, a cattle on, farmer... Wait, wait. Huh? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say rent? Huh? Did you say, did you say you have to rent it? Oh. <laughs> or streamline it. Okay. That's okay. not going to happen so because in, in the ancient, right, right. Okay, so you can oh, right. streamline okay. <laughs> it. But it's called King Corn, and it talks about, you're such a nut. It talks about, uh, to these cattle farmers, she's lost it. These cattle farmers. Um, and it's such a simple, you know, um, it's such a simple statement that the cattle farmer makes. He says, if people purchased 
grass-fed beef, that is what I would grow. So we as consumers don't understand how much power we really have by the choices that we make. If we want the fragrances to go away and the pharmaceuticals or whatever it is that we want to go away or to change, we vote every time we purchase something. You vote yes, for amen. What you want I'll, I'll give you an future. amen on that one. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's how we Shannon affect and I change. Figured out we need one of those angel buttons, you know, that goes, oh, you know, right. every time someone makes a profound. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, right on. That's exactly right. We vote every time mm. we make a purchase. Every time yeah. we make a purchase. So, so that's you know that's going right into your empowerment mode, right? Yeah, you make a Absolutely. choice for your future, for the future of your children, everybody else around that you care about. Every time you make a purchase, so buy the things that are healthy. Don't buy the crap just because yeah. it's cheaper. You know, eat right. less meat. I always tell my customers, eat less meat. Don't buy yeah. junk. You know, I'd rather see you do you know grass-fed, organic, healthy beef once a month rather than yeah. buy cheap because you can afford it and you want to eat it four times a month. No, no, don't do that. That's not yeah. going to benefit anybody And I, I, I say the same thing. I tell people, you know, conventionally grown animal products are the worst products Horrid. on the planet. The worst. If you can't find grass-fed, organic, go without. Uh, you know, well, emotionally, <laughs> in any way yeah. you look at it, emotionally, no, it's, spiritually, it's no matter how you look at it, it's it's crap for everything. It's crap anatomically, it really crap <clears throat> spiritually. It's just bad, yeah. bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I agree. And I was going to tell you, I was going to add to something you said a few minutes ago, Michelle. We do need to, to look at look inward, look around our house. We do need to do, you know, get rid of the things that aren't serving us. And at the same time, when you say that to people, when you were saying it, I know that people are out there thinking, wow, that is so overwhelming. And it is. It is. It, it is. It's so overwhelming. But if you take it in steps, and you don't look at it like, oh, my God, that's it. It's just too big. If you take it in baby steps and you also realize you only change, um, you know, redo things that you you can handle. You know, like I can't handle the fact that my computer has bromine in it. Or, yeah. you know, I can't. There's nothing <clears throat> I can do about it. I'm going to be on my computer. There's nothing I can yeah. I can't throw it out the window or put it in the trash because I need it to work. But there are right. things I can get rid of. So, you know, look at it like that, like just the things that you can do and just things you're comfortable with doing and just take it in steps, right, because that makes it Absolutely. way more manageable. And, and, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier is that w- when we're sick in the beginning, we can feel, um, first of all, there is this, there's a lot of mental and emotional confusion and a lot of static, ah, and there's a tendency to do it all. You know, I just got to get, you know, get, get rid of everything, get on the right program, oh, and people right. are so um fired up to make these changes and it's it's usually not sustainable you know so that's where you see people um frustrated they drop off the program and say well you know i was doing it it just became too much it's you know you 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 didn't get sick overnight right that's Uh, what i tell my customers you didn't get into this overnight and you're not going to get out of it overnight so be patient with yourself right because patience i know we're going to talk about this michelle something that's important to you but Patience and forgiveness, right, is yes. part of the healing. You've got to take it easy on yourself, right? We 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 didn't hit this planet perfect, <laughs> right? You got to cut right. the slack. There's a lot of you know the type A um, 
individuals who are the mothers and the you know the they're the they're, these are women who um and because we're talking about mostly women um with thyroid um issues you know for the most part it's definitely we're seeing more and more men become you know diagnosed with it but for the most part we could say you know statistically we're looking at 70 to 80 percent of the autoimmune population is female and what we notice is that these are extremely driven people whether or not that's an that that shows up in the work or whether it's just in home where they're doing everything for everybody else putting their needs last you know it's always um, just real giving people you know and i would say you have to be able to put your oxygen mask on first, right? You have to take mm, care of yourself, you know. And I, and I always say, look, you know, stop for a moment. Look in the mirror. This is an exercise I actually do myself. Look in the mirror and 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 appreciate yourself as if you were your own little child, you know. And mm-hmm. and ask yourself, what do you what do you need today? What do you need today in order to feel? centered, to feel loved, to feel nurtured, and and start with that, gifting yourself the gift That's of, a great exercise. Uh, we're, you know, and you'd be surprised that I've had individuals say, I couldn't look at myself in the beginning. I couldn't do that, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I was too shy to look at myself in the mirror, and um, it's very common. You know, so don't feel upset if that's something that comes up for you because it's very common that we can't, we have a, a more difficult time appreciating and loving ourselves than we do other people. And we don't realize that that self-love is the first love, you know. And we, we when you lose ourselves in relationship, in work, with our children, with a project, you know, perhaps you're an environmentalist or whatever, you lose yourself to something it's wonderful to be to to be able to surrender to something like that but it's but the but if if we're identified with that that becomes who we are and we lose touch with the diamonds of our own heart that's when that's when we um and essentially lose connection with divine divine source energy and and i i just i i really want to say that it's a practice to, to of, it's a practice of healing to to love and appreciate yourself and forgive yourself too you know stop beating yourself up you you know <laughs> there's a lot of individuals i know who i work with who they you know they say that they feel guilty because they're sick or they you know i feel guilty because i'm not able to do everything that I once did for my family or I can't spend as much time with my husband or, you know, or I don't feel good and I feel guilty about that. It's it's time to drop that, you know, and love yourself because that's, um, and that's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? I think the hardest thing to do is to love ourselves. It's easy to love and give to everyone else, but, you know, a lot comes up when 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 we turn that love around inward. You know, it's a it's a wonderful mm, track. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That too. gets an amen We're too, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, like it's a flower field moment. I need to keep it. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I was. Second. That's exactly where I was. I was having a flower field moment right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're just sitting in the flower field. Sometimes quiet, you have to. That's what we call our quiet moment. Yeah. <laughs> right. You guys are. Cr- 
You guys are funny. <laughs> it's a reception, you know, like where sometimes you really just want to take a moment and digest it. You know, you're like, that is yeah. so true. Loving yourself is, is I think, a very difficult thing for most people to do. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, that I definitely, you know, I can resonate with that one. I have a question accepting for yourself you. in the mirror, you know, that's a big one too for people and that's a really that's a really nice um activity to try to do for yourself, you know, daily and just try to start. I mean, it doesn't have to take very long. You do you stand in the mirror the no, first just right? a few minutes. So, yeah, or or a few yeah. seconds, whatever you can muster up and tolerate in the beginning. I I know for myself I was like <gasps> You know, like I don't want to. I I experienced the same thing. I'm like, I don't want to. You know, it was difficult. You know, and and now it's different, and it's it's actually a wonderful um, connection. And you know, to connect with myself on that level. So, yeah, give it a go. Give you know, it a that go. is a subject. I kid you not. Like teaching people how to. You know, when you just think of that concept of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, "Do I like you?" You know, do I love yeah. you? What, what, mm-hmm. you know, when you really think about the magnitude of healing that can come from that, just standing in front of the mirror mm-hmm. <laughs> and not oh, yeah. spending thousands and thousands of dollars with someone who doesn't really know you, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you, right. I, you know, mm-hmm. you really can, you know, if you get to know yourself, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. that's, uh, I like that. I really, I really love that, Michelle. I mean, that's. Be your own therapist. Yeah, and you know, and, and if something comes up, you know, if you ha- if you feel a resistance to to the exercise, and this is to the everybody, because I did in the beginning. If there's a resistance there, go deep with that. You know, get right. your ask journal yourself out why. And ask okay. yourself why. Do, what what what's what's going on with that? You know, and the, and allow the unfolding of whatever wants to come forward. You know, and sometimes it's it's heavy. You know. <laughs> But it's transformative. It's kind of like it's almost like an don't. alter ego thing, right? If you if you basically, like you said, you mother yourself. So if you're an alter ego, and you take on from the person on the opposite side of the mirror, you know, take on like you were looking at another person that you loved and cared about. You would want to know what's wrong. Yeah. You know, why are mm-hmm. you? And then you know, of course, you would answer yourself in your head. We're going to create a bunch of split personalities here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No. So, well, you'll find it. But people, the ego has many personalities to anyway. People talking in the grocery store will be like, you listened to Thyroid Nation Radio and Michelle Corey, didn't you? And they're like, uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Well, oh, okay, well, and also to add to that, to add to that, you know, you can. You can do that simple exercise and you can stand there. And then if you get to that place where you're like, I'm not sure, you don't have to finish standing there. You know, you can walk no. away, you can sit down and you can take that moment. <laughs> you know. And you can <laughs> you don't have to stand there right, for 20 minutes working through it. You know, you can like no. feel it and then move along, Do this right? at your comfort <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh no gosh. right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. So I love that. That is an exercise for everybody to do. That is a very cool registration of emotions yeah. and and feelings that you have to yourself. That that is that's smoking. I love that, Michelle. Yay. So tell me, yeah, I have a you. killer question about okay. ancestral diets, not to shift us, but I know that, you know, there's some people that methylation and ancestral there's so many people that want to hear some, you know, good nitty-gritty technical stuff, too. Is the What is the ancestral diet, and how, if it is the same as paleo, what is, let's just start with what is it? 
Yeah, well, okay, so <laughs> uh, that's a good question, and it doesn't Total have shift a shift there. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, whoa. no, that's fine. No, that's fine. And it doesn't have a real, um, there isn't a single solid answer to that question either. Because they're, you know, paleo, paleo, primal, ancestral, these are all words, these are all words that are, describe um, kind of the modern um, interpretation of what our hunter-gatherers would have eaten like. Now, okay. we can't possibly... Um, come close to duplicating what they what they ate because we have a completely different environment now, right? right. So, um, but you know the the paleo movement that you know there's some very strict paleo people that has one clear definition and and I, I think um, Lorraine uh, Lauren Cordain is probably an, Rob Wolf. These are the two individuals who write a lot about paleo and that's the um, a very specific. Um, type of eating. Um, Lauren Cordain, Cordain uh, wrote The Paleo Answer. Rob Wolf um, wrote another, I can't remember the name of his. Um, and, you know, then there's a, a gentleman named Jack Cruz who is paleo, I believe. Um, then there's the Mark Sisson group, which is primal, right? <laughs> and, mm. that, and the difference is... Um, they're subtle, right? So in in certain, um, and I can't, and I can never remember which, but um, <laughs> prime, I think in the prime, in the primal diet, you're eating. Well, I'll just say, primal, ancestral, and paleo are all basically um, eating, you know, a lot of non-starchy, you know, veggies and fruits, berries, nuts, and seeds in season. Um, really, no dairy. And um, and small amounts of of animal protein in the form of beef, buffalo, chicken, fish, you know, all of that. Right. Now it varies. Mm-hmm. I guess what I see varying is how much meat people eat. Um, in particular, nutrition programs, how, you know, how much meat during the day versus how many veggies. And then some people, you know, um, will say, like the primal people will say uh, the occasional dairy is okay, while paleo people say absolutely not, you know, and you can't do mm-hmm. that at all. Or And I can't remember right. what there's a, <laughs> But there's a lot there's of There's so many different about. parameters. Right, right, right. Yeah. So and and ancestral so I think just people, means the way we – go ahead, sorry. No, it just – yeah, ancestral is basically – trying to duplicate or come close to what our hunter-gatherers would have been eating like and what our genes have adapted to, right? So, for example, I eat a more ancestral-based diet. I I don't eat a lot of animal protein, but um, maybe three or four ounces a day of animal protein, and I eat a lot of non-starchy veggies. I eat soaked and sprouted nuts and seeds, and I eat low-glycemic fruits in season, Okay, and that's what I eat all the time. I mean, I live on that now, diet. Now, fish, so Michelle, does um, yeah, fish, fish fall in that animal protein category, or is fish outside of that? No, or is fish that, is. That includes fish. Is, fish. In, is okay. inside of it. Now, for me, I'm careful about fish because, you know, I worked in dentistry years ago, and I had a really high mercury load. That was a big trigger for me. So I'm very mm. careful about how much fish I bring in and how much, you know, Exposure to and what type now then? all of our fish is contaminated, so it's really it's really quite sad we don't really have any true uh, non contaminated healthy fish you know so hmm. and, and that's the that's sad bad. reality yeah there really isn't I, I tell people like there's you know 
you you can check with your um, I don't know you can check with your butcher or who you know whoever is bringing your fish in and ask them where it came from. Whole Foods, you know, and, and larger places like that will usually have a lot of information on their food and the potential toxins that you know that they're exposed to. We just know now that fish in and of itself is not as clean as it could be, which is sad. You know? Right. Again, just another indication that <laughs> things aren't so great on the planet, you know. But um but yeah, you know, I don't personally and I also live in Taos, New Mexico, so I'm not right by the sea and I you know, the fish has to get shipped in here and that, that makes a difference too. And what like just in, in Joshua Tree too, it's a, probably the same thing where, you know, I don't know if you got a local store that has ship that can ship in beautiful fresh fish every day, you know. No, I just get the up here. I just, you know, we load up down in the lower desert at Trader Joe's on, you know, like frozen wild Alaskan fish. Or there you go. And my yeah. mother-in-law lives in Kodiak, so she oftentimes okay. will, you know, ship a bunch of uh, frozen salmon, and so I'm kind Wonderful. of spoiled. Yeah, like and that's that. probably the that's probably a really that's probably really the best bet is the fish coming from Kodiak. So. <laughs> And yeah. wild. I mean, wild is and really wild. key. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I know that our our oceans, unfortunately, are struggling as well. But it's definitely heads and tails way above any type of farm raised fish at all. That's yeah. just as toxic as it comes, you know. Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But yeah, so the so the ancestral nutrition program is basically what I I recommend. I and and you know what I tell everybody: look, is you know start with. Like my sensitivity discovery program is basically a bare bones ancestral diet, and if you have an autoimmune condition, I suggest no nuts or seeds or nightshades because these tend to be inflammatory, especially for individuals who have a leaky gut. You know, so I just say, look, cut out all of the things that could potentially be inflammatory, and then you're going to create your own nutrition program as you heal. You'll find the sweet spot, you know, the lifestyle nutrition program that you can live with, maintain, and enjoy, you know. And everyone's different. You know, some people say, oh, good, you know, six months into the program, I'm finding that dairy doesn't bother me, you know, so I'm eating some goat cheese or something like that. Or another person will say, oh, I just added back organic brown rice and I feel great, you know. So, and that, those two items are not ancestral. <laughs> They're not paleo, right. um, you know. And, you know, and I know a lot of the paleo people out there to have an idea, oh, it has to be this way, and these foods are absolutely right. inflammatory with everybody. And it's just not true. Right. You know, after working they're with making, They're making a, um, a dartboard of us right now. Yeah, and they're making a big <laughs> assumption. Yeah, and but like, they ought, like I'm, I'm going to be writing a blog soon um, entitled Beyond the Autoimmune Paleo Diet. Um, mm. that, that is... You know, I have noticed literally as much as 30% of individuals who adopt the autoimmune paleo diet feel worse, you know, and noticing the trends within this group and what, you know, their backgrounds genetically, where they came from, you know, their personal sets of circumstances. I mean, not everybody, you know, can do well on this type of a program. So it's it's important to remember that, that if you... Yeah, see? So that would be, and a lot of people say, well, I I did autoimmune paleo and it didn't do anything. I don't feel any better. In fact, I feel worse. And, you know, that's when people with adrenal. Pardon? I said, especially people with adrenal issues, they can be, you know, they can struggle sometimes with a paleo. 
Yeah, you know, it just or that's, been in my, that's been my experience, anyways. Yeah, and it runs the gamut of all. You know, the the it runs the gamut of how, you know, how you're going to feel, and um, we we just don't know until you try it. And so I I right. I just have a difficult time, um, with anybody who who or any nutrition program that claims to be the nutrition program that we were supposed right. to eat, period. And there's a lot of paleo-primal ancestral enthusiasts that will, you know, they'll stand in front of a train before they'll say right. rice is okay right. for somebody, you know. <laughs> and I've just right. got to tell you that, honestly, it's um, it works for me, and it works for about 70% of individuals, and then there's that other group and we have to appreciate that we're not all the same right and we have to be able to and we have to be able to stand in our autonomy you know if you you know and and don't let anybody beat you up because you're not on a paleo diet or you're not following it you know the way it's supposed to um find that that the sweet spot for you you know because this is really about um the individual discovering what's going to work for them Right, and you and, see and so many people that suffer. You know, they suffer because this is supposed to work. This is yeah. suppo- everybody said this is right. going to be great, and they're just torturing themselves. You know, you're like, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, it's right. just horrible. It's horrible to see it. You know. Um, so and you another know, and question, there's, there's, leading. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, what I notice in some individuals is they'll start on a like the autoimmune paleo, and they they bought all the books and they do it and everything. And, um, you know, for for some individuals, maybe they've got, you know, maybe they're, have a, suffer with dysglycemia. So this is someone who has a pretty, pretty badly damaged metabolism and they're going to have blood sugar crashes throughout the day. They're going to feel kind of lousy. Or if they're, like you said, if they're already suffering with the beginning of adrenal fatigue, um, you know, they, they will, it will, they're going to notice um, that they're going to have low energy in the beginning, right? Um, that's one group. Then there's individuals who, whose um, kidneys and livers might need a little more support and they can't handle that much protein or they're eating way more protein than their body can handle, right? Then there's another group of individuals who will go on this program and they'll start methylating, right? So for the first time, maybe in years, right? And so they're actually going to be going through um, a, like a rapid detoxification process, right? So the symptoms that they're having are not necessarily related to the foods that they're eating being not good for them, but that um, it's too much of a good thing. And they are detoxing too fast. Maybe they're getting like a Herx reaction. Um, and I see this a lot, especially with um, the buzzword being methylation now. Everybody wants to be methylene. This is nothing new. You know, the Krebs cycle has been around, right. so, you know, forever. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, since the 70s, they sold B stress vitamins, right? And, w- and why? Because B vitamins are methyl donors, right? And we know that we've known forever that the more stress you're under, the more methyl groups you're using, the more you need to add them back, right? So nothing depletes methyl groups faster than stress. And mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a general sense, the whole human population is under-methylated, you know. I mean, everybody is so stressed out all the time that they're just, I mean, methyl groups are just blown away <laughs> in the wind, you know. Um, so everybody needs to replace these, but what a lot of individuals don't realize is if you've been sick for a long time, if you have a toxic load, if your liver is sluggish, if you've got infection, stealth infection somewhere in the body, 
and you start taking in methyl groups too much too fast, you can start you can start to feel pretty lousy and actually have what's called a Herx reaction or a detox reaction. And so, you know, <laughs> that the, 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is that everyone is so different and it's very important at that stage in the game when you're really fine-tuning your nutrition to work with somebody who can identify what's going on for you. You know, are you taking the right, you know, I have a, a woman recently who, whose doctor said, we need to start taking SAMe. This is the wrong thing for this individual. She hasn't mm-hmm. methylated. She hasn't, she hasn't even sweat or exercised in 10 years, right? And she's, right. Um, she has a lot of symptoms of toxicity, puts her on SAMe. She immediately flares up and, and, and has having pain. Well, what this dear physician didn't understand was that she's ramping up her methylation process way too fast, and she, her body couldn't clear the toxins that it, that you know that it was trying to. So it's very important to to start low and go slow with B vitamins. And um, you know, there's a lot of buzz about it right now, and everybody's jumping on that methylation bandwagon. So be careful. <laughs> and say that again. Start low. I, start low and go, and go slow. slow. I'm I'm the queen of simple sentences today. What is the deal with that? But I, right. for some reason, there's just certain <laughs> things that you say <laughs> that are sticking right. in my head. Like that's a beautiful, right. simple. Start low and go yeah. slow. You know, because yeah. like you said, there everybody's talking about MTHFR and methylation issues and you know gene problems and all these different things, and it's so above most people's heads. They're they're overwhelmed and confused. And so that's where we were hoping that you would go next is is methylation, Michelle, because it is. So tell us in a nutshell, um, you know, a little, elaborate a little bit on what you were talking about methylation and it's important to health. And I know you were just talking about the B vitamins and all that, but tell us tell us more about methylation in the healing process. Well, methylation is basically and glutathione the, the relationship. I know you wrote, oh, yeah, a, we can talk wrote about a great blog about that recently. Yeah, and we could talk about um methylation is a biochemical process that happens about a billion times every second all over your body, you know. Um and it's responsible for the repair of DNA, turns on and off the stress response, um regulates hormones, regulates the immune system. And basically, um if you well, this somebody said the other day can you just do a methylation for dummies? <laughs> I said, no, I can't do that. And certainly, you know, even some of the, you know, top, top um, scientists who understand methylation still are barely scratching the surface of of what this is about. And there's a lot of confusion now because we do have this whole MTHFR thing that people are jumping on and um, there's a lot of misinformation on the Internet Um and I would say that the confusion comes from just everyone really trying to figure out what the heck is this, you know, and and and, wh- and how do genes play into this? You know, and my teacher, Charles Gant, he kind of makes it some really simple, you know. It it basically comes down to, look, this is this is the if you're looking at it at the at the micro level, this is um, we're looking at a biochemical process that is affected by everything, especially stress, right? And um, and we've always we've always known that stress causes illness. 
Well, <laughs> the more stressed out we are, the, the less we're methylating, which, which is all you really need to know, which slows down the repair of DNA. It, it, it messes with the fight-or-flight response. It slows down the detoxification process. I mean, basically, you're, you're looking at a biochemical process that, that drives this human machine, and, um, and everything that stresses us uses up the energy, right, of methylation. So um, everything does, right? So if you have an argument with your spouse or you're sitting in traffic and you're like that or you lose a sale or you, you get sick or you're, don't, or you're eating junk food like most people, too much sugar and you're not getting any B vitamins or not getting any, any of the important methyl groups, your, your methylation will become impaired. And impaired methylation equals um, pretty much every, every system in the body um, being taxed, you know, and, and it just slows everything down, right? And most people today are under-methylated, you know, and that's just from stress, right? So, you know, then this thing came out with MTHFR. Well, you have 50% of the world's population has the MTHFR mutation. What this means is that um, in some cases you have an um, impaired ability to take folic acid from food or folate from food and convert, convert it into folic acid or methylfolate in the body. So basically it just says, you know, some people with this mutation, you know, have a hard time getting their B vitamins from food. That, that's how. That's basically how you would say it. Um, the interesting thing that I've noticed in my practice, and I do test genes all the time, is that, you know, you could have 10 people with the MTHFR mutation, and then you do a neutrophil test to see their B vitamin status, and maybe five of these people with this mutation really are B vitamin deficient, and the other five aren't as deficient. So what's the difference there? Well, when I look at patterns, I see individuals who have the MTHFR mutation, and they're also very stressed out, you know, in life in general, tend to, you know, ha- ha- tend to need more support than those who are less stressed out. And then we do testing, genetic testing, and um, neutral testing on athletes, professional athletes, and people who are vibrantly healthy. And you know, you and some of them have this mutation, and they're fine. You know, they're, they're right. getting everything they need from their food. But I would say, you know, so that there has to be some common sense brought into this whole genetic thing. You know, there, I, I have several people come to me. They come back with a test. I have this mutation, and the doctor put me on Deplin, or the doctor put me on, you know, there's another um, pharmaceutical B vitamin with way too much B vitamins for this particular person, you know, and they Mm. feel lousy, or they're, you know, and and it's not helping them, or it's doing nothing, you know, and we do the nutritional testing, and we see that, okay, maybe they had that mutation, but it's that that gene or lack of the gene is not expressing itself in that particular person, you know. So it's very important to look at genes as as the the blueprint for the biological unit that you're in, right? But it's not doesn't tell the story of who you are. It's just it's just a design of you on paper that says 
this is what this indivi- this is what Tiffany's supposed to look like. This is what Dana's supposed to look like. Um, but you well know that you can your life experiences, the foods you eat, and your environment are going to build the you that who you are, right? And that could be very different. So you could have people, and I see this all the time, with literally the exact same genetic profiles. And one person is a guru in India. He has no problems. He's methylating. He feels wonderful. He's happy. He has no deficiencies. And another person here has a severely chronic, uh, you know, condition that is hard to to help and a lot of stress, you know. So you have two people with the exact same genes, and you you just can't make an assumption that just because the genes are this that they're going to be expressing themselves, you know. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm hoping that it does. But, oh no, very much um, so. Absolutely, absolutely. But let me before we before we head off um, the show here, I want to ask you real quick: if you had to put essence of your message in one paragraph, Michelle Tory, what would it be? Oh wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I would say the the essence really that the message that I'm really um, hoping to bring forward into the world is. Um, I is to wake up, wake up to your life. Now is the time for you to wake up to to what is happening, and um, love yourself and give yourself permission to heal. You know, and that's really that's really the crux of it. So, <laughs> and all the science is there, and the method. And if you're really interested in all of this stuff, it's it's all in my book. But really, at the end of it is, you know, we can't go on living like this. You know, it's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> something, it's starting to break on so many levels. It's, you know, we, we, we're seeing um, certain species dying off due to the toxic environment. Our, our rivers, streams, oceans are polluted. You know, what are we really handing down, especially we're on Mother's Day, what are we handing down to the next generation and the ones after that? Mm. You know, our choices about, about our, our illness is a wake-up call. The illness comes in to say, this is not congruent with with b- the, your body, right? So it's a clue. <laughs> it's a it's a clue that, that things have to shift on some level. So pay attention to that. You know, sit across from your illness, your condition, whether it's a thyroid condition or something more serious, and ask, what is this trying to teach me, right? And what you'll find is really beautiful, you know, and 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 use it as a doorway to to healing, and and that will. That will go out to the rest of the world too, you know. So we're all in this together. That. Is this another? Is this another flower field moment? I like no. that. I'm in a flower field. I'm sorry, I'm off music at the flower field over here. <laughs> right. I know. We're just we're just sitting here <laughs> off of our flower field. We can't help ourselves. So sometimes we just have to like digest what you say, and then there's just going to be dead air, and that's just the way it goes because right. we can't help it. <laughs> That's, That's how we came up you. with the flower field, Michelle. That's right. how we came up <laughs> with the flower field moment is because Dan and I would both be very quiet, and then we d- we determined that we were really – it was an absorption moment. It was really a <laughs> a profound <laughs> moment that we just decided we'd call it a flower field moment because it's, I love it, it is. It's that time is so for funny. absorption. <laughs> And I'm, ma- I'm imagining you with a basket in the, you know, in the meadows and <laughs> – yeah, right. yeah. That's, how, that's how we picked ourselves, too. That's how we picked ourselves. We've got a little basket. <laughs> beautiful flowers. Right. Our hair is glowing. Totally. Oh, my God. You guys I'll are so cute. Um, <laughs> Michelle, right. 
Well, you guys are, are amazing. And I, well, I, thank I, you I so much. Just, your book and your blogs and all of the wonderful things that you share with everybody and appointments and I just I wish that we had you know the saddest thing Dan and I have figured out is that even at an hour and a half it's not enough time like you literally you want to sit and chat with these people all day you know I know and yeah. just absorb <laughs> all of this amazing information and their journeys and what they've learned and having these recipes you know so many people feel powerless like you said in autoimmune disorders they can turn it around this is your choice choose to be well you yeah. know that's what I hear just blaring from you yeah. is to make the choice to be well and to love yourself yeah. and to forgive yourself and that is it's a you know what that was a very cool choice for mother's day oh, you were a very very yeah. great choice for mother's day michelle oh no, well, yes, thank you, you were thank and we you. all have some mother's day homework we all need to go stand in the mirror so we're, we're going to do it michelle. <laughs> there we're going to let yeah. you know how it goes we're going to let you know and you got to take a picture of your puppy dog I will. I totally will. And and I wanted to mention, too, that I, I'm launching MichelleCorey.com um, probably this week, where it, just like Ooh. we were saying, like, you know, helping individuals go through steps, I'm going to be hosting 21-day immersion programs to help individuals who maybe they want to get started, they don't know where, they don't know how. This will be group. It will be a combination of live phone calls with me, daily emails, daily videos, um, audios, and a private Facebook group where well, just as a big community, we're just going to kind of do it together, you know, and, and let everybody... But pardon? When does that launch? I'll, well, the the first teleseries will be in um, in June, on June 19th we'll start, and I'm really excited about that. It's just going to be, you know, I just thought, how do I, you know, I, everybody has such different questions. Everybody's kind of coming from a different place, and there's so much information. Why wouldn't we just do, like, a phase one? Here's what you do to get Much started. more individual. <laughs> so, yeah, very yeah, cool. Just give everybody kind of a, a, a head start, and then from there, you know, create custom programs where they can then go out on their own. The really exciting thing about this program, ladies, is I am opening this up to to conventional medicine. So if you if a, if you sign up for this program, your personal doctor, whether it's an OBGYN or endocrinologist or, you know, a primary care physician, they get a special login to my website with a video of me and all the science behind why we're doing this and an invitation to collaborate so that you so that you can first of all not have to go out of out of your insurance and hopefully work within your um, insurance, you know, plan to and and also educate your doctor. Like like let this be like Very a tribal cool. thing. We're all going to do this together. We'll see how it works. <laughs> so, now that now tell everybody again, no Michelle. Yeah, where they can find that's michellecorey.com or where can that will people be michellecorey.com. We're, we're going to be launching that. Um, Hopefully this week, I'm just, this website's going on and on forever, but um, we're hopefully launching it this week. I was hoping to have it done by last week, but you know how these things go. So, yeah, michellecorey.com. I'll have it on Facebook. I'll also have an ad on the thyroid care. I'll have it, you know, just keep, just we'll be, be on the lookout. We'll okay. We'll be advertising on Thyroid Nation, so don't worry. Yeah, thank you. We got yeah. you covered. Absolutely. Yay. Yes, well, we will thank have you so covered. Wonderful. Well, it's been such a pleasure to meet both of you, and I hope someday I get to see you in person. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yay. Have a great, great, great Sunday, and we will talk soon, Michelle. Okay, sounds good. Thanks so much, bye, guys. Michelle. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. She was amazing. That was fun. I know, right? <laughs> That, that is very fun. cool. I can't believe that she's nice actually thing. been out to Joshua Tree so many times. That's very cool, too. I know. I meant to ask her. Evidently, she's in California. Oh, no. She, where did she say she was at? She was, she's in Taos, New Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I cannot believe that we forgot to ask that. I, I don't I, know. I, I, I thought she was. I was trying to ask her, but then she said it, I think, at the end. So I think that's where she's from. So we'll make sure. We'll, hmm. we'll figure it out. So Hang on. You so keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our listeners. We, we want to remind you that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. Make sure to always listen to your own body. No matter how smart someone may be or how great their advice may sound, you are your own best diagnostician and healer. Diagnostician. Diagnostician. Yes. Diagnostician. Thank you. Amen. Girl. That gets a big amen. Amen. Right? She's in, in New Mexico. Taos. Yes, Taos, New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. And she's going to send a little picture of her puppy. We can't wait. Uh, okay, let's see what else we can have to finish out here. Make sure, should we tell people where to find um, Michelle on uh, thyroidcure.com? The Facebook, at Michelle Corey, Twitter, Michelle Corey 2. Pick up the book, The Thyroid Cure, and make sure to keep an eye on that, michellecorey.com, right? Yep. And be sure to tune in next week live here at Thyroid Nation Radio because we will be talking with the one and only Susie Cohen, best-selling so author exciting. of many, many, many books, including uh, Thyroid Healthy. She is absolutely fabulous, and so I cannot wait. She's a friend, and I'm Me so neither. excited. Very, very excited. Anything else? Not too much. Happy Mama's Day, Dana. Happy Mama's Day. And if if anybody has a thyroid thriver story, please send it in. We will answer you on Thyroid Nation as a thyroid thrivers. And uh, just submit it to thyroidnation.com. You'll see a little link at the top. So submit your story. So don't forget to do that. You may appear live someday on the show with us, which would be kind of fun. We're going to do that someday coming up. And I think that's it, right, Tiffany? I'm thinking so. Even if you're not healed, still submit the story. The journey is important. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Okay, this is Dana, your Thyroid Nation gringa tika from Costa Rica. And Tiffany with GratefulGarden.biz. Bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. United we heal. See you next week. Happy Mama's Day. Bye-bye.